Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The podcast with Dan Gardell and Greg Evans. Welcome to 1874, the podcast sponsored by NordVPN. You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to 1874.io slash VPN. If you know that, that's completely wrong. If you go to 1874.io slash NordVPN, if you do that, you'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and you'll also get four months for free. And for English-speaking countries at the moment, the deal sweetens because you can get some Uber Eats vouchers as well. This is only applicable in the US, UK, Australia and Canada. The whole thing's completely risky free because Nord offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right, now I've got through that. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Greg Evans from sunny, sunny Thailand. And because I wasn't happy that Greg made me get up early on a Sunday, I've made Greg turn the fan off to improve the listener's experience. I felt like it was making too much noise. So consequently, Greg, you may melt through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, just to give you a bit of background, it's 38 degrees outside, so it feels oh, even feel hotter really sorry inside. Um, look, it's genuinely too hot. <laughs> um, you know, you can't go outside between sort of midday and, and four o'clock and it's uh, quarter to four now here in Thailand. So, yeah, um, the, the reason I'm here is because uh, I've got a little bit of time off work. So I'm watching games sort of, you know, very early in the morning. I quite liked uh, yesterday's game because it was a 10 o'clock kickoff here. So I didn't have to get up any earlier in the morning and watch it. I could just stay up and watch it. And yeah, very good game. Um, so you're very claret and blue theme today, Dan. So you must be in a good mood. Well, because I've got up early as well, I've got no excuse not to go to the gym today before I get my Sunday off, off, off up and running. So probably we have you know thousands of people listen to, to, to this show. Only one person feels sorry for you complaining about the heat in Thailand. And that's probably your mother if she listens to the podcast, Greg. But you're right, feeling very good about Villa. Nice for the team to get back to winning ways. And to start with, I will say it's absolutely no coincidence at all that Villa get back to winning ways when Pau Torres is back in the team. 
No, he was great, wasn't he? Um, you know, the player with the most touches. He, I thought he was excellent with his progressive passing. A um, little bit brave with some of his defending. You know, he pushes the boundaries, doesn't he? And sort of manages to get away with it. But I think it was all within the rules. Um, and yeah, look, great, great to have him back because I think Villa are, are a completely different team when he plays. Um, I said probably before Christmas when Villa were in that really good run of form, um, the key players for me that they couldn't lose were Emmy Martinez, Ollie Watkins. And at that point, I actually said John McGinn because I thought he was playing exceptionally well. Um, and I didn't really see an alternative to him. But I think we can now safely say that, that Paul Torres is in is in that category now as well. You know, Villa are a much better team when he plays. Um, and look, you know, for all Villa's injuries, the, the, the lineup yesterday was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I thought the whole defence did well yesterday, actually, the, the goal aside. The goal was obviously disappointing. We don't know what happened. It looks like a bit of a, a communication breakdown between Longley and, and Emmy Martinez, which is rare to see Emmy Martinez get, get something wrong. But I thought the way they lined up and the way they set up straight away, you could see that on the ball, you know, Moreno would obviously bomb on, as as he always does. But then they could, they'd make this back three and Cash, actually, you could visibly see that he, that he tucked in, which isn't something he's done at all. Really, this season, but that enabled Longley to be in the middle, and then Torres to be on the outside of that back three. And it just made the whole thing look a bit, little bit more comfortable. I thought, and actually, the way they defended yesterday reminded me of quite a lot of the away wins of last season. If I think back to maybe, you know, Everton away, Southampton away, it drew me back to those games when Villa did go on a, on a good run away from home around this time last season by by defending in that manner. Mm, mm, yeah, and look, you know, in the end, it was only by the the single goal margin that Villa won. But I thought until the Fulham goal, Villa were exceptional. You know, by far the better team should have should have probably put them away um, and, and gone further ahead. And it, and it felt like you know real, um, you know, a performance that that was that was more reminiscent of the the start of this season rather than the recent run that Villa have been on. Um, and and yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Cash did drop in a little bit, but at times he also got forward. I think we've we've always known in in Emery's teams that the left back typically tends to go further forward than the right back. You know, that that's always really been the way, generally speaking. Um, but there were times when when Cash pushed forward, um, and uh, that sort of you know allowed. Uh, I think you know McGinn dropped a little bit deeper, didn't he, to try and cover at times then. But look, you know, Longley and 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 Torres, I thought did did pretty well together. Okay, Longley and, and Martinez, a bit of a mix up for the goal, but you know that that block that Longley made soon, quite soon after, I think almost made up for it, didn't it? Because that would have been another goal scoring opportunity, or, or you know, even almost certainly a goal for Muniz as well. Yeah, I was thinking Long, Longley is nowhere near as bad. As, as some people make, make no argue. In, no in fact, no. for Villa to get him in the way they did after after Mings got injured, I actually don't think they could have got a better type of player in than, than him than they did on a short-term emergency no. loan, which is essentially what, what he was. I thought he was very good. Just I thought he, he's made a lot of blocks throughout his time in, in the team. He just isn't Pau Torres. But if you put him next to Pau Torres and Pau Torres can do his thing, you realise that Longley's actually a very good defender. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, the, you, you, if you watch just the highlights yesterday, then you'll see his mistake, and it will be you know, yeah. you'll, you'll pull him up, and you'll think, okay, he's at, he's at, you know he's been at fault for the goal, and you know he isn't isn't quite at the level as maybe a Tyrone Mings or an Ezri Konza, um, and certainly not a Paul Torres. But if you look at his whole game contribution, you know he moved the ball very well from the back, uh, not quite as well as Torres, but he did. 
Uh, he defended well. He got put his body on the line at times, made some really important blocks. Was very dangerous from set, attacking set plays as well, and was quite unlucky, wasn't he, with the with the header that just went over? I think that was, um, you know, really good opportunity. But in general, yeah, you know, to have a fifth choice centre back as good as Clement Longley, um, you know, I was speaking to a high placed director at a Champions League team um, a couple of weeks before Christmas and, and we were just talking about Villa um, you know in general and Villa's defence was, was a topic that, that he brought up and he said you know the fact that Villa were able to get someone as good as Longley um, you know with his Barcelona experience etc um, as a fifth choice centre-back and then top that up from Diego Carlos a 20 million signing who had won the Europa League with Sevilla and was a winner um, and then obviously the arrival of Pau Torres this summer it just shows Villa's quality and yes they've been extremely unlucky with injuries this season but the squad building process that's been put in place has enabled Villa to still be able to fill a really strong squad like a uh, really, really strong team like they did yesterday and still go on and win games so yeah you know they're they're still in there fighting um, as I predicted yeah I had vague memories of Longley playing right centre-back with Umtiti at Barcelona as well, even though he's left-footed. Left I don't know where I pulled that memory from. It may well have been a game of FIFA, but I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've got <laughs> memories of, of Longley playing with uh, playing with Umtiti. The other decision Emery had to make before the game was how he covered the loss of Kamara in central midfield. We did a match preview show on Thursday, Friday, I can't remember when, when we did it. And Dave Reid said he thought McGinn would come back. And I said I thought he'd give Tillemans a game in there. They both mm. played, but it was McGinn who played as a number six. Do you think now that's how Villa cover Kamara's lost for the rest of the season? Because McGinn's played literally everywhere yeah. across the front six positions this season, or front five positions, because he hasn't played up top. Is that now what happens to McGinn for the rest of the season? Is he the most trusted person He's got to be. in that role? <laughs> It's got to be, hasn't it? Because there's there's nobody better than him in that role to fill it to, to to fill in for Kamara. I think over the course of a season, if Phil if Phil missed Kamara for for an entire season, they would really miss him. But I think with just thirteen games remaining, I do think that Villa are capable of still finishing in the top five without him. The issue they're going to have is if one of you know McGinn or Louise picks up an injury or a suspension then they really are stretched because you're going to have to bring in either a Callum Chambers or a Timur Bonham, um, you know, possibly even look to Lamar Bogard after that. So, you know, they're really, really stretched after that. But um, the players that they were able to put out yesterday are still very, very, very good players and good enough to finish in the top five. And, and it's kind of what I said, you know, two weeks ago, OK, admittedly, it was before the Chelsea and Manchester United defeats, but... I said, if you remember on the podcast, I still think that Villa have got a better chance of remaining in the title race than slipping out of the top five. And two weeks on, after a couple of defeats and a win yesterday, I still feel the same way because Man United have to keep winning to catch up with Villa. I think a lot of people are looking at Tottenham and Villa as um, you know the real face-off here. But look, Man City dropped you know a couple of points again yesterday and Villa still have to play Liverpool who have got way more injuries, um, you know, and have had serious injury problems all season as well. Still got to play Liverpool, still got to play Arsenal, still got to play Manchester City. So there's no reason why they still can't be competing with the teams above them. I know you I know you want to take fourth now. And I know oh, most I don't care about the top three. Fourth. Take fourth now. But I think realistically, we still have to have this conversation because they're not out of it yet. And 
Um, I don't think Villa are going to win the league. You know, I've, I've said that consistently. I still don't think they're going to win the league. It's going to take some more money turn around if, for, for them to do that now. But there's no reason why they still can't be competitive with the teams above them, with the games they've got remaining. They just they just can't afford any more injuries, can they? Because they're really no. stretched now. It was a great result yesterday at, at, at Spurs as well. You know, Spurs dropping points. Yeah, that, you know, people act as if Spurs are going to win every game. They're not. Exactly. They're, they're, not they're, they're a good team. But they had a couple of players missing yesterday. They had the fullbacks missing. And I haven't seen it back, but they, they, they lose at home to Wolves. Always liked Wolves. Great team. Always got a lot of time for them. Well done to them for, for going to Tottenham and, uh, and winning yesterday. But, you know, Tottenham will drop points just like Villa will drop points every week. It changes. This is why it annoys me. Whenever Villa lose a game, it's the end of the world on, on social media. And I know social media is a terrible barometer, but it's pretty much the only barometer I have to, to go by. But even, even at Villa Park, you know, I'm still annoyed about the Manchester United game. Not not annoyed at the players or anything because I thought Villa played well, but I'm just annoyed that they can't beat Manchester United. It's something that has annoyed me my, my whole life. Yeah. But it changes every week because there'll be, you know, in the near future, there'll be a week Villa don't win and Tottenham do. You know, that's football. That's what happens. But, you know, this weekend so far, it's been a good weekend for Villa. Yeah, it's been a really good weekend. Um, and, you know, look, Liverpool have picked up a couple of, you know, more serious injuries now to Yachter. Forget and, Liverpool, Graham. It's just Tottenham and Arsenal, Arsenal are flying. But, you know, you can't you can't look beyond them yet. I, I, I don't think Villa will get over them, but they're, they're so close to Villa that you can't just always be looking over your shoulder. You've got to look ahead as well. And, and the team that Villa are still able to put out are good enough to go and beat any team in the division, I feel. OK, you're probably going to need Kamara. To beat the best teams, you know, consistently over the over the course of a season. But Villa have got thirteen games left. I said a couple of weeks ago, they need to get ten wins. That's that's probably nine now. The way the, the way the league's um, sort of panning out, you've got three teams really going for the title. So it would mean that probably less points, um, a fewer points, sorry, are needed for the fourth and fifth place. And hopefully, um, if Villa can continue well in the Europa Conference League, if Brighton can do well, if, um, if West Ham are still in it, Liverpool, you know, are favourites to go and win the uh, Europa League. And obviously Manchester City and Arsenal, you want, really want them to avoid each other in the Champions League for as long as possible so that they can continue to go really deep in the competition. And that just helps build up the, um, uh, how, I can't remember how... Coefficient. Um, there's a there's a different there's a different phrase for it the Euro European performance something or I don't know the exact term but yeah I think we all know what we're getting at here the the coefficient and um, if if England can finish top in the top two spots of that then we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They will go to a fifth place. Um, the, uh, there will be five Champions League spots for the Premier League. And I think we both back Villa to pick one of those up at this point in time. Yeah, the Optus supercomputer saying there's a 70% chance at the moment, around 70% that fifth place will, will be enough for, for Champions League, the, the way it's looking at the moment. I actually think Arsenal and Man City will both go far in the Champions League. And whoever the they come, whoever yeah. they draw against each yeah. other, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that would be frustrating. Our, our mm-hmm. very own supercomputer, well, not so supercomputer, Adam Bates has just had a walk around. I don't know whether you just saw it, Greg. His kitchen looked very <laughs> oh, nice. Did you, did you see it? Can you see it? At the, at the bottom, he's just oh, changed room. His kitchen looks absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And, and his Uda that he's, uh, that, that, that he's sporting because it is early this morning. What was I going to do? Adam's completely put me off by his, his kitchen. He looked absolutely bloody massive. Walking, walking around there. Um, what was it? What was I going to say? So, yes, Aston Villa Football Club, right? That's what that's what we're talking about here. It does feel more and more that you know the first goal is massive in Villa games for some reason. I don't, I don't know whether it's the same in every game, but in Villa games in particular, if Villa go ahead, I feel like they're going to win. If they go behind, I always think it's going to be hard work. So the first goal was massive, and obviously yesterday, Villa got that first goal at Craven Cottage. Yeah. Um... In Fulham were poor, weren't they? I think they were. They they made it a little bit too easy that. for Villa for for the first sort of sixty minutes. I thought they were pretty sloppy in possession. They um they I thought defensively they tried to do a little bit too much out from the back when sometimes they just needed to to move it sort of out of danger. Ramsey I thought was exceptional for the first forty minutes. Um, won the ball back in really dangerous areas for Villa on, on a number of occasions. Be interesting to see actually how many times he won possession in that first half because it felt like he just kept taking the ball um, off the Fulham players, and obviously he was influential for the goal. Brilliant finish from Watkins one nil, um, and that put that put Villa in charge and a little bit unlucky not to go not to go two nil up really. Well, now I'm still quite can't quite get my head around the. The VAR decision. It no. seemed like, you know, we've we've talked about this over and over, but it feels like the officials are always trying to find a way to to chalk the goal off. Um, and look, perhaps the lines um, did show that he was offside, but for the, from my angle, it looked like he was he was on. I mean, it was right, a bizarre. It was a bizarre process. One, it took too long, uh, yeah. as, it, as it always does. But to me, it looked like the line was drawn from the bottom of Bailey's foot. I don't know whether it just coincidentally Moreno's sleeve happened to be in the same position as Bailey's foot but then when the line came down it wasn't even coming down to the right line that ruled that's supposed to rule offside the right colour line I can't remember which way around the colours are now so I was watching it at the time thinking that made a mistake there because mm. you don't you don't trust the process really we've seen things go wrong throughout the mm. Premier League this season no. you cannot trust the process why we don't have the automated technology that there is in the Champions League I don't understand because, Jen, honestly, I was watching it. That line looked like it was drawn on Microsoft Paint. 
I, I didn't understand what it's crazy. It didn't look offside to me. That's all I can say. Likewise, I was watching it and I was thinking, you know, the, the, the more the more I looked, the more I looked at the, the still frame, I thought that that he looks onside there. Um, and look, really, really unfortunate. Okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll move away from VR because nothing really we can do about it. But in terms of Villa's um, preparation for that, you know, it was very, very unlucky. You know, Villa's tactic, Villa's sort of move when you know from attacking and defending set pieces is to move players quickly out of that six yard box as soon as possible as soon as the ball comes in obviously you know for for reasons that are obvious if if they're if they're defending they try to uh, get the forward players offside if they're attacking then it's obviously to remain onside and you know Moreno sprinted as fast as he could from the goalkeeper to get out of the six yard box and try and get onside and it was just a millimetre um, you know so so close and, and so unfortunate the week before when you think of Rasmus Hoyland's goal you know f- from another corner um, Watkins had done the same he burst out from the box but he just missed it you know he's one millimetre away um, and these are the fine margins Villa go and lose by a goal um, okay it was McTominay's goal that, that made the difference but you know Hoyland, Hoyland got the got the opening goal and from a set play um, but look you know Villa's Villa's preparation and the processes that they put in place they work really hard to to be creative and to try and tighten up um, and be effective at set pieces. It just feels like they've been a little bit unlucky. And if you look at some of the, you know, the statistics that they don't make for great reading in terms of defensive uh, goals conceded. I think Villa have conceded twenty five percent of their goals this season through corners. But you know, so many of them are, are, are really lucky. I think you know they're. they're um, I just think the the amount of shots that Villa have faced in comparison to other teams, they've just been really unfortunate from some of the goals that they've conceded. And I think over a period of time, that starts to even itself out. Um, and we look, you know, we know attacking-wise, Villa are the best team in Europe in terms of scoring goals from set-pieces because they've scored more goals than any other team in Europe from set-pieces. So they're doing something really right there. But yeah, to go back to Moreno's goal, just felt felt really unfortunate because, um, you know, spend a lot of time on, on that and it was very, very close. Come on, Austin. We've given you so much prize on this podcast for the attacking set pieces. Let's get let's get the defensive set pieces right, Austin. There, that's what that's what <laughs> I'd say. No, it's not. I, I never blame the set pieces. Well, I mean, I think I think what you know that, that I don't actually think we, it's the set piece coach's fault. No, I mean, of co- course it isn't. I mean, it, it's the as I say. I, I just think Villa have been really unfortunate. You know, you look at the amount of goals they've conceded from corners. How many of those are first contacts? I can only remember Shah. The Shah's goal for Newcastle, the, the second one, I think that was a that was a pretty bad one to concede. Um, but a lot of the others are, are you know really unfortunate. Villa are Villa are very competitive. You know, you look at Diego Carlos, he he jumped and 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 was so close to winning the header against Harry Maguire that was flicked on for Hoyland last week and some of the others previously. And you've got to look back and uh, Villa are losing their most dominant defender in Tyrone Mings. They've had to adjust the way they defend. You know, they're adding more players into the defensive setup zonally because they haven't got Tyrone Mings who wins so many first contacts for them. Um, and, you know, the defence has been mixed about a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think over course over the course of time, you'll see that... Um, you know the the the, the figures tr- kind of even out because they're very 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 unlucky. Whereas you look at a team like Manchester United, for example, who haven't I don't think they've conceded as many goals through set pieces, but they've faced almost double the amount of shots. So you mm-hmm. know how, no, they're, getting, no they're getting really, they're getting really lucky, aren't they? Yeah, no, preparation is really good. 
Yeah. I will say, I thought Villa, considering they lost Carlos, who is another dominant person from, from, from set places, I thought Villa defended set pieces really, really well. For You know, it was only Watkins scored two goals. I will say he won a lot of headers from from corners and set yeah. players as well. Defended defended the penalty, his own penalty area really really well as well. He you know he's got he's, we've, we've done Watkins to death, but he is, <laughs> and I'm sure we will again later on. But he is um, he is top top class all round. Uh, Ollie Watkins. So that's the first half covered. We'll get into the second half in a second, but before we do, let's hear more about our sponsors, NordVPN. 1874 is proudly sponsored by NordVPN, so when then and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, or television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN support performance for free, this also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. The advert was running. I reckon I'm sure I heard the fan snake back in there. Right, second half then. Villa got an early goal in the second half as, as well, Greg. And it just shows, you know, this, this goal for me, I liked this goal, but it just showed how clever Unai Emery is. You know, McGinn picks up the ball in the sixth position, plays it to Tillemans in the second striker position. And that's what Tillemans is really good at in that position. If he gets the ball high up in the pitch, he's capable of playing a perfect through. Well, he does give the ball away and he is loose in possession at times. But when he gets it right, my God, he gets it right. And and that was some finish from Ollie Watkins. Just once he's got one, you always feel like the next chance he gets, he's going to score and he, when he's full of confidence and a nice double for Ollie Watkins. And that's a different type of finish from him. I think he's got a lot of different finishes in his locker. The first goal was a very, very clever, knew exactly where the goal was. Second one, just powered it home. And that's not a typical Ollie Watkins finish, I wouldn't say. Yeah, you were right, Dan. In that ad break, I did get the fan on. Um, I and I was starting to feel it's slightly refreshed, but the length of that question that you just asked me has now got me sweating again. So, Good, good question. Um, Covered a lot of ground myself in the question. <laughs> That's what I do, Greg. <laughs> it was a brilliant pass from Tielemans. Um I didn't think he had his best game. I thought he was a little bit loose at times. But I liked the way when he passed the ball, he kind of like, he, he kind of knew that he that he'd made a brilliant pass, and he was like, "Go on, Ollie, go on, Ollie, finish it, finish it." And then he and he did. Um, yeah, I thought Watkins had a great game. He was just spinning off the defenders, giving Issa Diop a real tough time, um, and and got his rewards. You know, it was nice to see em- uh, hear Emery say after the game of how pleased he was with some of his other contributions to the game to the game rather than just his goals. I think that's what we've always tried to highlight, haven't we, when he's gone through these slightly um, barren spells, you know, have a look at the work that he does for the team as well. Have a look at the assists that he produces. Um, Have a look at the tireless running that he used to do. Doesn't do so much anymore because Emery's asked him not to do it. Um, Have a look at the work that he does defending set pieces. He's he's an all-round brilliant player. Um, And yeah, I noticed a tweet you put out yesterday, Dan. I was about to read it out. (laughs) Go on then, I won't steal your thunder. I'm trying to to find it. I want to get your your thoughts on this. Well, I've I've seen it already. It was something about asking for Watkins to be more consistent, wasn't it? I put out a tweet saying, 
Move over York and Benteke. There's a new number one Aston Villa striker in my time. Criminally underrated, even now. That probably sounds bizarre for me to say he's criminally underrated. But during that tweet, I got a few replies saying he needs to be more consistent. I honestly don't know what people expect. If Ollie Watkins was any more consistent, Erling Haaland wouldn't play for Manchester City. Ollie Watkins would play for Manchester City and Erling Haaland would be somewhere else or on the bench. He could not be any more consistent. I watched Haaland yesterday in the game after Villa. He missed chances. Ollie he, missed Watkins, nine, he missed nine chances. So Yeah, Ollie yeah. Watkins misses chances. chances. What chances. It's bizarre. Uh, I can't, it really annoys me. has 13 games remaining of this season and he's already scored more goals than he scored in any other Villa season. So he's having his best season to date and people are asking him to be more consistent. I, I, I mean, genuinely, I don't get what more they, they would want. Um, yeah, he's missed some chances, but he's also scored a hell of a lot of goals and made a lot too. Strikers That's the chances. thing. Like he cannot nine. do any more than what he's doing. He missed nine yesterday. He missed nine chances. This happens in football. If you have a goal record that, that, can, that consistently backs up how good you are as a striker, i.e. hitting double figures, you know, consistently every single season like like Ollie Watkins does, then you know, people should just people should just let him be and, and enjoy him. And look, you know, for you to say, because I, I you know, I've listened to you for years speak about how much you used to love Dwight York, um, how you know Ben Teke was one of your favourites, admittedly in a pretty crap time for, for, for strikers. His goal record um, was outstanding in that too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It, was, it was one in two, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was, he literally was a one in two striker. And, and at the point that he left Villa, he could have probably gone to any club in, in Europe, really. There was, there was, there was all, almost every club was interested. Um, uh, and he chose a giant in, in Liverpool and it didn't quite work out. But yeah, you know, to hear you say that, it sort of cements my feelings towards him as well because I really rate him. He's just completely underappreciated by certain sections of the, of the fan base. Again, social media is not a brilliant barometer, but even in the in you know in the game, sometimes I hear some stuff shouted from the whole tent about him when he misses a chance, and I think, what are you on? Honestly, I cannot understand what people think. Where people think this striker is that's better. I've said it before. Where is this mythical striker that's better than Ollie Watkins? You know, Ali, I, I was going to say something ridiculous there. I'm not, I'm not going to say it because I'll get, I'll get criticised. But Oli Watkins is so, so good. He doesn't really have a weakness to his game. Even just talk about those things yesterday. You know, such a team player winning those headers, defend, defending set pieces. You know, his assist record this season is up there. He's got, I think he's got the most goals and assists combined across the entirety of the Premier League. In top well, five probably more leagues. leagues. Where, is leagues Where is this striker? Where is this striker? You know... There's, there's. I mean, we could, we we can name probably, you know, four or five strikers in the world that that we that we think are better, admittedly. Um, but I Villa are not going to go and two. sign. Villa aren't going to go and sign Erling Haaland or Harry Kane or Kylian Mbappe, who's slightly different, obviously. Yeah. But, um, or you know, there, there might be a few more off the top. Lewandowski, but he's getting to the end of his career. Perhaps, yeah. Um, they're not going to go and sign those, and they've got now the second best striker in England playing for them, scoring goals every, or, you know, regular, producing, has done ever since he came to the club, was signed for a very big amount of money, has in- significantly increased in value. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what they want. Yeah, if you're not, sure, I'm not sure what more, what, more that, what more Ali Watkins can give. If you're saying Ali Watkins needs to be more consistent, 
get in the bin. I don't, I don't want to hear from you. I don't <laughs> Not sure what more you. he can do. Yeah, it's, it's actually ridiculous. It's, it, I'm, I'm probably going too far again here. It's thick to say that. It might, it might be. I mean, Emery, 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 you know, Emery said the same as you, hasn't he? You know, he he's been asked in press conferences previously about. Um, signing a new striker and perhaps Villa do need another one to, to go alongside him at some point to, to to take the burden off him to come off the bench and score goals to play in some of the cup games when he's not available to give him a little bit of a rest sometimes yeah it'd be great if Villa had somebody who was equally as good as him or you know slight on, on a similar level but Emery's response in more recent times has always been well he has actually asked journalists straight out well who would you, who should we get then who shall yeah, we sign then? Where is this striker? Where is this striker that Aston Villa can go and sign? You know, it's, there's, there's, there's not one out there. They might, they might go and unearth a gem and he becomes this brilliant striker, which is kind of what they looked at in John Duran and thought um, this was a guy who uh, was you know, shining in the MLS, had produced a body of work at youth level and was very impressive and was one of the most talked about uh, players in his age group, and Villa went and tried. Villa went and bought him, and, and thought, you know, over a period of time, perhaps he could evolve into an Ollie Watkins. Unfortunately, you know, it hasn't quite worked for him. He's been injured, etc. And um, you know, always wondered whether Emery does really fancy him because he wasn't his signing. You know, he didn't even know who John Duran was when he when he arrived at the club. He just gave the club the the blessing that they could sign him because of the work that they'd already put in. But yeah, there's, there's there's not a striker out there, unfortunately, that Villa can get. There's a reason why Spurs for eight, nine, ten seasons didn't have a backup to Harry Kane and they had to find a replacement who played in a different system. So Son always used to play up top, really. And there's a there's a reason Manchester City don't have a necessarily a backup striker to Haaland. They have someone who can play in a few positions in Alvarez. Ideally, that I would say that's what Villa need. Someone who can play as the second yeah. striker or play out wide, but also play up top when Watkins isn't there. You know, Villa, Villa have built a very good squad, and I'm sure they'll go again in the summer and add a couple of really class players and, and make the squad e- even stronger. But yeah, Ollie Watkins, anyone who is criticising Ollie Watkins, get a grip. I, I cannot, I don't <laughs> understand it. And like I say, I shouldn't say it, but I don't respect your opinion at all because Ollie <laughs> Watkins is, is absolutely brilliant and one of the best players, one of the best strikers Villa will ever have. In my opinion, we've done the kind of done the goal that Villa conceded, but then they did have to show some some resilience. I've got to do a special shout out to former Aston Villa player Adama Traore because he did everything he could at the end of that game to make sure Villa won. A great save from Emmy Martinez as, as as normal, what making what I call now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No A Greg Evans save. You've alerted me to the fact that every game he makes that one big save at a, yeah, at a crucial yeah. moment, and he did it again against Adama Troyer. After Adama Troyer missed that chance, he seemed determined to, to break the game up as, as much as possible by giving away needed free kicks, getting getting into scuffles, and I just, just wanted to thank him because he used to play for the club, obviously still holds a place in his heart because he, he wanted Villa to win that game, he appeared at the end. He, look, he's a much better player than when he was at Villa. He was very raw, wasn't he? He yeah. maybe doesn't show as much as he's... He lost a little bit of his pace, of course, and maybe doesn't show as many skills Skills um, as previous as in as in previous years, but sadly, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to hammer him, but it's the same old Adama Traore, isn't it? You know, yeah. gets into the positions and just can't quite add that finishing touch. There is just not quite the end product there that would make him um, potentially a brilliant wide player slash forward. Um, and yeah, look, he did all the hard work, lovely, lovely through ball, lovely run, held his run perfectly. Um, made the right decision, I think, with the finish, but it just. Yeah, Emmy Martinez is one of the best in the world at at, at, at those in those moments. Um, you know, one on one, I think him and Alison Becker are the are the two best in the world at that. Um, you know, pick between you who who you think is the best. But absolutely amazing that that Villa have still got Emmy Martinez. And there's something that actually crossed my mind when I was watching the game. Very a little bit random actually. Um, I was thinking Emmy Martinez winning the World Cup with Argentina might just have been the best thing that happened for Aston Villa because I think players typically they want to win things in their career and when they're as good as you know when there is when they're at their very top in their position um they know that they can go to pretty much any team and go and do it and you know Amy Martinez would get a very very high profile move wouldn't he if he wanted a move or if he became available um, in the way that Jack Grealish was you know Jack Grealish was exceptional in his position um, he knew that he probably had to leave Villa to go and win something in Emi Martinez's head he's actually won a few things now he's won the World Cup he's won the Copper America you know he's ticked that box of, of having a really successful tr- uh, trophy win so as much as he would want that at domestic level it's not a massive itch that he needs to scratch. So staying at Villa might just he might just want to do that for a little bit longer. It was just something that came into my head. You know, if if he hadn't won anything in his career, perhaps he might have wanted to leave already to go and win something. But he's already done that now, and he can stay consistent in his message that he says publicly that he wants to do and win something with Villa. And it'd be great if he could. See, I think had Villa not got Unai Emery and he didn't believe that he could win trophies at Villa he would have gone because I think once players get a taste for a trophy, they then can go, they then want to, you know, keep that, keep that winning feeling. You know, we've, we've seen players in, in the past, like go to, go to bigger clubs because they say that they want to win trophies. I think Emmy Martinez genuinely believes he can win trophies under Unai Emery and play Champions League football, which is what he'll want to do because he's played at the, at the highest level now for his country. I think, he believes he can do these things at Aston Villa. I think if Unai Emery wasn't there, and let's say Villa had continued with Steven Gerrard, I think he, he would have moved because of that, regardless of winning the World Cup. But I actually think now he thinks he can do these things at Villa, Greg. Yes, I agree with you in one respect. But I also think when Emery 
initially came in, there would have been some doubts there because of his time at mm. Arsenal. And, you know, he played under him at Arsenal, didn't get that first, uh, didn't get that number one spot. So he probably would have been thinking, you know, is this guy, does this guy fully rate me? Um, is this guy going to be the one that takes me onto a new level um, with my domestic team? Um, and it could have even been, you know, an excuse for him to move to move further. We know how much he um, he appreciated Neil Cutler, his old goalkeeping coach, who was moved on when when um, when Unai Emery came. But you know, he has now got what, what possibly he's in an even better relationship with with Haver, um the uh, the goalkeeping coach now, who he took to the Ballon d'Or awards with him when he was voted the best goalkeeper in the world. So look, you know. I think he would have needed a little bit of convincing in em- with Emery to start with, but now he knows what an elite level coach he is and has said that publicly. I think he said he thinks that Emery's one of the best three coaches in the world, was it? Or best five coaches in the world was one of his quotes a um, couple of couple of weeks or months ago. Uh, I think, yeah, as, as you say, he believes in the Villa project now. I think as well Emery's made him a better goalkeeper and the new goalkeeping coach has, has made him a better goalkeeper because I don't see many goalkeepers that are as comfortable with the ball at their, their feet. The Martinez, the way he pings the ball around. People go on about Edison and Allison, and yes, they're exceptional with their feet. I actually think Martinez is a better shot stopper, all round goalkeeper than Edison. I think he's very close with yeah. Allison. I just, but I think Allison makes more mistakes than, than Emmy Martinez. So a few have creeped into his game, haven't they? More recently, I think that's always been the case. But it's, you know, it's going to happen. Goalkeepers make mistakes, but Emmy Martinez, I'm cursing him here. He doesn't really make mistakes. And that's why I think he's the best goalkeeper in the world. I also think he's more dominant than the two goalkeepers that I've just mentioned in terms of coming and getting crosses and always catches the ball as well, mm. Emmy Martinez. That's the key, isn't it, for me? I think, he always I think he's I mean, the best do, goalkeeper. Do, 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 do you think he should share a degree of the blame for yesterday's goal or is that all on Longley? That's it. No, no, I said, I, said mm. I, I believe Longley would have got a shout to have left it. That's, mm. I don't think he just left it. Off his own devices. I, I think if he doesn't get a shout, he clears it. I don't know because I haven't seen the footage back from, from that angle. But my assumption would be that Emi Martinez has thought he could get the get get the ball. It's a good striker play to be fair as well because he stayed yeah. he stayed alert and gambled and he's got got his rooms. It wasn't an easy finish either in fairness from that angle. And he's he, he's took it away. Sometimes you have to appreciate that the forward player was very very switched on, which not all forward players w- would be. I don't think that was Longley's fault at all from what I could say. I don't. I wouldn't class it as a, a mistake. It's like a mm. communication breakdown rather than yeah. a, a mistake. And he made up for it anyway with the save that he made. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant save, wasn't it? He's every the, single he's the best guy. In the world. Every the, single guy. Yeah, the way he pings that ball around now as well. He's not too far away from Man- Manuel Neuer. I honestly think he's the best goalkeeper in the world on the planet. Emi well, officially he is. Yeah, well, yeah, he is. But I genuinely, I think <laughs> what you watch. Backs it up. The stats probably wouldn't back it up because we don't keep many clean sheets. But if you watch ninety minutes of a game, I think he's better than Allison. I think he's better than Edison as an all-round goalkeeper. Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the you don't agree. Three, 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 they're three brilliant goalkeepers, aren't they? South America are blessed at the moment with yeah. with those goalkeepers. Um, I think they all have they all have slightly different qualities. You know, yeah, obviously, if you fair. could. Um, you know, Martinez is better at certain things in, in comparison to others, as you've already alluded to. But it's just great that Villa have got such a brilliant, you know, player like that. And 
you know, heaven forbid he gets he, he gets an injury because or a suspension or anything because it feels like, you know, he's a real, real key player. And for all the injuries and setbacks Villa have had, the two main ones that they've needed all season, Martinez and Watkins, have been there. So let's hope that continues. doing things like this because I feel like we're cursing it, like at the start well, of the season. We're not, are we? You know, they've, gone through, they've gone through 30, uh, 25 games already. So let's hope they can continue for the final 13. I said something about Mings's injury record at the, in the match preview of the Newcastle game. How good his injury record has been, and it wasn't at previous clubs. And then the next day, he's out for the rest of the season. So I'm yeah, very wary. Co- of... It's coincidence. And Ty- Tyrone, if you're listening, Dan, Dan apologises for that. But he's a big, it's, um, big listener. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, whatever we say on here has very, very little uh, relevance on, on, on what's going to happen in training and match yeah. days. So. The good news is, if anything was to happen to Amy Martinez, we've always got two goalkeepers on the bench. So, you know, we bring them both on. There's always two there, isn't there, for, for Villa? I think that's the one worry, isn't it, now? It, it, I'm very... Oh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I, yeah. I'm very confident that we'll hard, finish. You? I'm sorry. <laughs> can, can you tell? Um, um, I'm very confident Villa will still finish in the top five. I believe they'll get enough points to do that. I don't think Manchester United will catch them. Um, I think it'll be a you know a neck a head a head to head with them with Villa and Tottenham anyway, um, which I which I'm confident which I am still confident they'll get the better of. Um, the the one issue I've got is that Villa are just becoming very stretched now, and you look at the bench. There's a couple of players that they brought on yesterday. Dina, nice, nice, nice uh, uh, switch that they're able to do there. Um, Diaby. Uh, Diaby obviously been able to bring him on. Zaniola didn't come on, but having him as an option there is good. I just think if they get another injury, possibly in central yeah. midfield or defence, you know, or heaven forbid the, the two that we mentioned previous, um, it's going to start causing problems. But for now, they're fine. They're just about at the level where they can scrape through. Yeah, we're on the cusp, aren't we? Yeah, more, they re- really are. One, one more injury is going exactly. to really hurt. But for now, you look at that team yesterday and look, I'm not saying Villa shouldn't be uh, upset or, or um, frustrated with the amount of injuries that they've had because they really should. They've been very unfortunate, but they're still very fortunate to be able to field a very strong team because when Newcastle, for example, had all their injuries, their team looked so weak compared to Villa's yesterday. Yeah, I mean Matt Ritchie coming on and scoring in stoppage time to probably tells you everything that you that you need to need to know yeah. about Newcastle. They're miles off Villa anyway, aren't they? Newcastle in terms of points now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I mean, but, but injuries really have killed them. You know, yeah, they, had one, they had one period over Christmas where they were just, um, you know, so ravaged it, it was untrue. But even if you look at it now, you know, they've got no striker, got three midfield slash wingers playing up front, so you're effectively playing with six middlemen. Um, you know, no Isak, no Wilson, no Pope. It's a big one, I think, for them. Um, no Joel Linton, who's turned into a really important player for them. Tonali, the player that they signed for £50 million, pound, obviously out. Um, you know, Barnes is only just back. They've been really unlucky. Yeah, they've had a, they've had a silly run of, of injuries, really, Newcastle. And just, to, yeah, I just want something just popped into my head whilst you were talking. I, I can't cope with the positive Greg Evans. I don't actually think you're that negative, yeah. but people seem to assume. People Sometimes people say that you're always negative. Someone in the comments says, called you, called you Neg Evans. Which I got, Neg I got, Evans? I got, Bloody hell. Yeah, come on. I don't, I don't think I just it's true, think you got to be... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good one. I'll take, take it, even though I'm definitely not negative. Neg Evans. Um, I think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll write the commenter for that one. Fair play, but I'm definitely not negative. I think, no, but I think you've got to be real. You've got to be real. You've got to look at Villa under Emery. They're a proper force. You know, 50 games. What is it? 31 wins. 
Um, you know, he's 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 won. He's got a higher win percentage than is it any Villa manager sixty percent? I think or something like that. I don't I know. Think I think it's any Villa manager and the fact that he's doing that in the Premier League as well, you know, when Villa have had periods um, in the lower leagues as well over the years. I just think, I think that Villa are a proper force now and they've got the points on the board already to still be able to have a couple of slip-ups throughout the, the, remaining, the remaining 13 games and still get the job done. And look, if they can get the job done, There's no reason to. There's no reason. Okay, it's gone now. But <laughs> there's no reason to, uh, to 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 not to not think that Villa are fully out of competing with the three above them. But okay, let's let's go with your one, Dan. You know, we got to try. You got to try and get the try and get fourth secured, and then it's Champions League, and then move on from there. I suppose if you aim for the three above and you finish fourth, that's probably the way to the way to do it, isn't it? I get I guess and. Also, I need to apologise because mm-hmm. I pulled a really ugly face when you were when you were talking. So, people watching, I, I really need to uh, to apologise. People might think that's just my normal face. I, I don't think it is, but yes, apologies for the for the ugly face. Right, let's call it a day. Greg has got his golf outfit on, so I'm sure he's off to off to play golf. And uh, yeah, I've got to go to the gym and then sofa shopping today. Is my is my Sunday? So, so yeah, I can't believe I'm going to the gym on a on a Sunday. But yeah, trying to get myself into gear. Oh, I've done twenty days in a row. I've seen, so. I've seen too much shirtless Greg Evans on my it's Instagram. Too hot, it's too hot to exercise outside. I'm surprised you're not doing a podcast shirtless. I would if I could. Yeah. I mean, you could <laughs> feasibly. There's no reason why, why you can't. I'm, I, I, mean, I wouldn't encourage it, but there's there's no reason why you couldn't. So, I definitely yeah. couldn't. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, off, off to the gym. Oh, I'm still hurt from my session on Wednesday, so that, that's a, that, that's good. And then I've got another one tomorrow. Right, thank you very much to Greg. We've done the pod a day early. I actually think that works in, in some kind of, uh, of weird way. So I'm glad we've got it done. Adam will hopefully put it out at some point today, which is Sunday when we've recorded. He's, he's given me the big thumbs up. Thanks for the constant support on, on the shows. Do subscribe wherever you're taking in your podcast. Comment as well, whether you agree with what we covered in the pod, especially the, the Ollie Watkins stuff, I would guess. Give the video a like as well if you're watching on youtube let's try and get I don't know, 400 likes let's try and get 400 likes on this youtube video might do an extra show in the week as we've done the podcast on, on a sunday but we i'll keep you all updated with that on twitter so yeah enjoy the rest of your weekend i guess when villa have won it makes everyone sunday a lot more bearable and, and a lot better so yeah again thank you for watching thanks to adam and thank you to nordvpn for continuing to sponsor the show enjoy your golf greg evans and as always up the villa Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.